0: Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We have already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. Successfully Unemployed, your place for freedom. All right, everybody, thank you so much for being here on the Successfully Unemployed Show. I'm super excited to have you. And today I'm bringing on somebody that has literally lived around the corner from me at the same time decided it'd be a fantastic idea to not work a job and travel the entire United States. I have Meg Brunson on the show with me. So Meg, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So We've known each other for a little while now and we went to my nephew's birthday party and you were there with your daughter. It was just great. And then we got to know each other even more and come to find out, you're successfully unemployed and now you have your own company and you also actually I have a couple of them that you're also starting and you're traveling the entire United States, which is fantastic. So how did you start making money without working at that J O B that just overbroke job?
1: So I have an interesting like two-step process. I was working as a service coordinator for adults with developmental disabilities and at, when I was pregnant, when I got pregnant with my third child, and that third pregnancy was traumatic. I had, um, some like super rare medical issues, almost died a couple times and like super paraphrasing here and said, I'm not going back to work because i I just had some emotional stuff I had to get through. So my husband who at that point was a server. So I was the nine to five breadwinner. He had to figure it out because I just said, I'm not going back. I'm done. And we didn't really have a plan, but we had been faced with this, um, situation that you know we didn't expect so we figured things out and I at that point just started trying anything I could to make some additional money so I tried direct sales I tried network marketing I tried um, crafting I, I love being creative so I tried 101 different things could not find the thing that was consistently bringing me money where I didn't feel like I was pulling teeth to to make that money from from friends and family until I started a blog, and I know that sounds super basic, right, like just starting a blog, but it is what it was. Um, I started a local mommy blog, helping parents find things to do with their kids with a focus on free and affordable things because we didn't have a lot of money. ourselves to do things Um, and that was my first successful venture. I learned how to leverage social media to grow that blog and it was really successful. Pretty soon people started coming to me, other bloggers that I was networked with, and they were asking me, you know, how are you using social media and what about Facebook ads and things like that. Fast forward a little bit, a couple years later, I have the opportunity to interview for a job at Facebook. I almost didn't get it because my major in school was criminal justice <laughs> and um, I've never worked in an official marketing company, but I was able to leverage what I had learned through my self-directed studies and my entrepreneurial endeavors to get that interview and then land the job working at Facebook. At
0: Facebook. Was that in Silicon Valley?
1: No. It, they have satellite offices. Mm. and. I've been gone for about three years now, so forgive me because they may be moved and changed now, but they have satellite offices and there was a small office here in Phoenix.
0: Wow, and that's where you and I met is, so we're literally recording in our house and you can see the you know family pictures behind us. And so, Meg, you used to live right around, literally right around the corner. Our daughters are best friends and so, you decided to um, stop working at Facebook and go on your own. Now, talk to us about that process of working for Facebook mm-hmm. and then realizing, you know what, I could do better on my own. I'm unemployable, like, you, like you've said, and um, you went off on your own and become successfully unemployed.
1: Yeah, so it was just that. Like I went back to the corporate world after having been entrepreneurial for a couple of years. I thought I had been healed. You know, like the trauma of that pregnancy had been healed and I could now resume to normal, productive work. Um, <laughs> you know, this is the way I was raised. I think most of us are raised oh, yeah. similarly. So I, I lasted almost a year. Um, and honestly, the final nail in the coffin was right around Thanksgiving. And my one of my daughters was in kindergarten, and she had a Thanksgiving play at school. And I was so excited to be able to go. And when I went in to request, you know, that break, that time off, I had one point six seven hours, <laughs> and that's no joke. And so I'm sitting there going one point six seven, and the play is probably about an hour. The commute time, you know. And in that moment, I was like, this is not how I want to parent. This is not how I want to live my life. I loved, I mean, it was fun, but they still want you to work for 40 hours, right? It's still a job. Um, and I said, I don't wanna do this anymore. I know that I can be successful as an entrepreneur. And now, it wasn't the reason I got the job, but now that I have worked at Facebook, I've acquired this whole new level of skills. You know, it took what I knew about Facebook ads and I was already being successful, but it really expanded on it. And I knew that I could leverage what I had learned at Facebook to enhance the entrepreneurial, um, path I was on and really take it to all new levels. So that's what I did. And I probably jumped sooner than I should have. I'm, I'm not the planner. I'm like the excited, I have an idea and now I'm going to jump. So I jumped, I started my own thing and we made it work.
0: So <laughs> talk to us about that, leaving that job and saying, you know what, it's time. And then like you said, it might've been a little soon, but... Now that you're done, you're obviously able to travel the entire country, which is fantastic. you got to 30 states so far. Um, now, talk to us about that, like, let me make the decision to now make that leap in doing that. What went through your head? Did you have fears? Did you have any worries?
1: So, I feel like I don't have a lot of fear until I jump, and then I realize how high I am and how far the fall is. So, I, you know, we, I have been building my business for about two and a half years. Um, before we actually took off. So it's, it's not like it was super quick. There was a lot of time that went into building the business up so that my income was dependable because when you're entrepreneurial, you, know, you don't get that steady paycheck, so there's not that dependability. Um, And my husband was really he's really the logical one who was like this isn't a great idea so he had all the fears and i have to tell you like i said once we jumped once we launched the first few months were difficult they were a lot more difficult than i expected but i didn't have the fears until we were actually doing it and so then i had no choice but to get through them
0: (laughs) and so to get through them you decided let me go ahead and continue on Marketing my Facebook business and really help other companies to utilize Facebook ads. And so, talk to us about that idea of now making making it work because sure. you know obviously you're jumping and you're really high and you you just gotta you just gotta make it work. Talk to us about that.
1: Yeah. So right now. I, and I also have multiple streams of income, which I think is really important, and I, I know you agree with me on that. So most of my money though comes from one-on-one work. So I, I will connect with a business owner or an entrepreneur who wants to leverage the Facebook platform, but really doesn't know how or doesn't know how to, you know, which buttons to check and all of that good stuff. So I will just take over their marketing for them and run it from scratch. So they have very little to do with the actual process. They can focus on their zone of genius, and I make sure their marketing is working. Um, but I also have a bunch of other things going on. So, part of what I've done is I've scaled back a little bit on the one on one work and focused a little more on some of the supporting work, if you will, so that I can spend less time working and more time traveling.
0: With it. Yeah, that totally makes sense because as you're working one on one with somebody, that's one hour or one, you know, one time spent for a payment, as opposed to, say, in writing for a blog, or having something that is um, constant coming in, like a passive income is so fantastic. Now, mm-hmm. uh, so usually with Successful Unemployed, we interview people on their business model and how to actually do the business, but I brought you on because, well, you're already doing that. You're already Successful Unemployed. I've had a few people talk about starting a Facebook uh, you know, uh, agency and stuff like that, but what I wanna talk to you about is you're traveling the entire country, United States, you've gone through 30 countries already. 30 states. 30, sorry, sorry, countries. <laughs> 30 states, gone through 30 states already, and you are now on a trip to San Diego. Mm-hmm. You were on the East Coast, now you come back. You're, we're actually, you met back now, we're in Phoenix right now, in my house in Phoenix, on your way to San Diego where there's another conference, where it's about Facebook marketing. But, so talk to us about now taking that next step and traveling on top of that being able to make money without like people have to live in a city because their jobs there they have to go there every single day and they have to work and they have 1.6 hours of vacation time left and so they can't travel right. talks about that idea of being location independence you're not dependent on being there
1: right and that was really important for me and right now i'm the only my husband doesn't work so he's been a stay-at-home dad for almost as long as i've been it was about six months after I left Facebook that he lost his job. So he's been unemployed, but he doesn't have that entrepreneurial push like I do. So we balance each other out. Like he's able to pick up, you know, a lot of the childcare and a lot of that stuff so that I can focus on building my business. And the location independence part was super important to me because I've always had this dream of wanting to travel. And financially it's, we are saving money, believe it or not. And I think a lot of people have this perception that it's expensive to travel and it can be depending on how you do it right so we've got the the rv which was a relatively inexpensive purchase pa-
0: pausing that oh. so we were living in the house I, they're literally like the street over and all of a sudden one day um your daughter our you know my daughter's friend says we're going to be driving an rv around the, around the, the country we're going to move out of this place I'm like just out of nowhere wow that's awesome so now you had to plan you had to do a lot of stuff to get to the point where you're now going to do that talk to us about we do we should we buy a big like one of those (laughs) huge ones that has the the engine as well as the the motorhome or like what should we do if we're thinking we can be location independent and we want to travel
1: so number one i joined a group called full-time families it's a free Facebook group that you can just find on Facebook, Um, and it's other families who are RVing full-time. So I was in that group for about a year, just soaking up information. Before you moved?
0: Before you did it? Oh, yeah. Just
1: soaking up information because I am not a camper, so I don't like camping. I do not like bugs. I... (laughs) very often do not like to be outside all of these things kind of equal maybe I should not RV full-time but I really like the idea of travel but the thought of like having to afford hotels and airfare with a family of six is I just can't even fathom it. For it's us, expensive. Yeah, yes. it would have been $2,000, I think, for us to go see my mom once, much less trying to travel all over the place. So an RV just seemed cost effective. So I was in this group for a year just soaking up information, listening to other people's stories. What are they doing? How is it working? How are they juggling kids? Because that's the thing. We had you know, a similar size four-bedroom house with four children, so we're in like the same boat. Like Our families are the same size. Um, and sometimes you still feel like you're on top of each other. Right? And so how are we gonna go from a four bedroom house to a little box and just travel full time? And that was a really really difficult thing to, to envision. So we started in the group and then we just started going to RV shows. I feel like you can't you can only get so much from online. So luckily we're in Phoenix where there are a ton of <laughs> RV shows, there but there are RV shows anywhere. So no matter where you are, you can find an RV show near you. And we went to our first one In October I want to say so this and we bought the RV we ended up getting in June so it was a good chunk of time in advance and we just walked through a bunch of stuff you know what can we see ourselves in? we made sure we brought all the kids with us even though it kind of made it a pain in the butt to have all of the kids at the RV show but we brought them all in the RV because they're all gonna be with us in the RV so let's see you know where would we sleep how would we live and at first we thought we wanted the bus right like the big tour bus Mm -hmm. Um, ultimately the reason we went with a trailer was because we liked the floor plan better and it was also more affordable so those buses you're we were looking at like a minimum of $100,000 we've never been homeowners so we've got that's a whole other story but we've had a whole history of rentals um, and without the the um credit of Mm -hmm. being a homeowner we wouldn't have gotten approved for the big bus anyhow so we decided to go with the bumper pole we have a big suv that would fit all of our family and then we could just tow the trailer behind us so that's what we ended up going with but i mean we definitely looked at all of the options we weighed the risks you know with electrical issues you know with the fifth wheel versus a, a class a or a class c um and how we would all fit in there and then Towing a vehicle.
0: Yeah, and thinking of it, you have to buy the truck as well because you had a van before. The idea now get rid of that and get a truck, and then get a trailer, and then make sure you're towing it properly, driving properly, worrying about the swaying and all that sort of stuff. And another one, people don't. Well, they probably think about it after once you're getting there. You're schooling for your kids. Like you have yeah. to homeschool as well if and you're. And we were not to, homeschoolers. Yeah. And so you've been traveling for seven months now, correct? Mm-hmm. So to walk us through the idea of now figuring out homeschooling, driving, working while you're independent location independent, you're driving all around. Talk to us about all that.
1: Sure. So the homeschooling piece, you know it depends upon what state you're living in first of all. We originally are from New York, where homeschooling um, regulations are very strict, and it's very different than here in arizona where as you know, you check a box on a paper and you're done. So Arizona has very relaxed homeschooling laws, which make it very easy to transition to homeschooling from the road. We do call it road schooling, kind of as a fun little play on words. Um, and the way that we've approached it, number one is we kind of just jumped in and we've been making tweaks as we go. So the kids do reading every single day. They have an app on their tablets. They each have an Amazon or Kindle Fire. So they have a an app that they have to do reading half an hour every day on their app. It's Raz Kids, um, and it's something they used in school. We also do a lot of audiobook reading in the car or audiobook listening in the car, uh, and then they have books in the RV that they'll read as well. So reading is is an everyday thing. Math is a just about everyday thing. They have books that we've got from Barnes and Noble, from the Dollar Tree, from you know all sorts of those little math books that are age appropriate for them, as well as flashcards which they enjoy doing. And then everything else, we've just been plugging in based on where we are and what we're doing. So when we were in Florida at the Everglades, we learned about earth science. When we were in DC, it was history galore, right? Because the National Archives, the kids loved seeing all of the official documents. Um, We even went and did like the factory tours at Anheuser-Busch and Jack Daniels, which were definitely for me and my husband, but the kids got to learn about prohibition oh, yeah. and got History to learn about science as yeah, well. yeah, how you how you make products like that. So there's just endless opportunities for learning and the national park system has been huge. It was $80 for us to get an annual pass to the national parks and it has paid for itself multiple times. One
0: one little tip also for that, so for national parks, if you have a 4th grader, you can get in for free yeah like just for some reason just fourth grade and so all of our kids are either in fourth grade or just got out of it so for the next at least three or four years we're going to be having a fourth grader but for 80 bucks that's nothing to go into every single because each time it's like 20 or 30 dollars just to drive in there yeah
1: the grand canyon was 30 bucks i want to say white white sands was another 20 the everglades i mean um what was it the wright brothers national monument in north carolina there's so many that are that are and they're all great for kids. They all have something unique. They have a really great... It's called the Junior Ranger Program. I don't know if your yes, kids. kid. Yes, yes. So you go up to any, like, national park, and they'll give you, a like, a workbook with age-appropriate activities for the kids to do. They can earn a little pin. And we've collected pins from probably, like, two dozen places times four. So we have a ton of these pins. But the kids... I don't want to say it's their favorite part, because it is work, but it's part of what their school has become. So it's easy for me, who's not a teacher, I'm not a homeschooler, but it's a really quick, easy, and and free way to make what we're doing part of their education. Yeah,
0: and we homeschool. Actually, I say that I don't do the homeschooling. My wife has the hard job of homeschooling. I have the easy job of making money. And so she does all the hard work but there's so much great curriculum out there Mm -hmm. there's youtube videos there are um, companies that have like dvds you can actually buy the dvds and learn from there and so uh, uh, workbooks like our kids are usually doing at least four or five different workbooks a semester on each different topic so as far as learning you have all that literally at your fingertips now it's just obviously getting them to do it and you having the fortitude and the patience to be able i'm gonna go ahead You, you get to work um so But what's great is you don't have to be locked down to a job or a school, which is absolutely amazing. Now from there, you're driving around. Talk to us about how was it when you first started driving? Because I remember when you guys were leaving, you guys went and took like a week, like a couple, three, four days or however long, went to Grand Canyons and then said, hey, this worked, we can actually (laughs) do it.
1: Yeah, so we didn't want to just take off for an indefinite road trip without making sure that we had everything we needed and that we knew how all the buttons worked and everything like that so we planned like a a trial run we took i think it was three nights up to the grand canyon which for us is i want to say a three or four hour drive it's not bad at all so we took that little three or four hour drive you also got
0: to go uphill like you have to go up oh yeah and like that's another another new adventure you know pulling a trailer
1: and we had never pulled a trailer before until we left the lot like this was totally a brand new thing for us and it was tough because there's a there's an incline when you're going up north where you actually have to turn the air conditioning off and it was summer at this point so you really (laughs) have to um because the pull and i'm not like a car person but it can cause the car to overheat so luckily we had no issues um but it was nice to kind of get some of those hills out of the way Mm -hmm. like you have now a, a level of um
0: What's the word I'm like. for? It's just experienced too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about, so I went and went through with my family, my wife, my four kids and my dad. We drove through Japan. We went to Japan for six weeks, drove, I want to say almost 2,000 miles around the entire island oh, wow. of Japan on the left-hand side. And so what's interesting is we're normally driving on the right-hand side, but after about, I want to say two days, I started to feel comfortable because I had it under my belt. It was still kind of rough. But then after that, everywhere I went, that I drove on the left-hand side. I was absolutely fine because I had that experience. I had that ability yeah. to now draw on past experience. And so now you're, you go and take one trip. You go and take one trip, and then you go ahead and leave. And so now you're done with that. You said, it's time. Let's do it. Talk to us about that first push, like that first four hours or whatever it was. Give oh. get the next stop.
1: Yeah, so it did not go smoothly. First of all, like we were supposed to leave on, I think it was a Saturday and there was a delay with U-Haul. So we have two storage units. That's what we ended up doing. We went down from our four bedroom house, we gave away I didn't even wanna deal with selling stuff. We just donated most of the stuff. There's a lot of great charities here. So we donated a lot of our stuff. We have two like small five by 10 or whatever storage pods. Um, so U-Haul had a delay and we did not get out when we wanted to and the place we wanted to go um, did not have a spot for us anymore. So we had to like last minute, find a new place to go. We showed up and it, we had to back in I've never backed in.
0: Never backed in.
1: (laughs) That was not something we had done yet. So when we went to the Grand Canyon, we just pulled through. So we're at this place we have to back in, and I don't know how to back in a trailer. So luckily, one thing we've discovered about the RVing community in general is that everybody's amazing. Like, people who RV, they just look out for each other, and they're typically really easygoing and laid back. Um, And so the guy who was next to us had just gotten home, and he had a baby with him that was probably i don't know a year old maybe eight months maybe and he was amazing he stood out with us for like an hour and was like pull up here do this do this turn the wheel we had no idea what we were doing if it wasn't for him um i don't know if our marriage would have survived like we kind of joked around that that was like our first free marriage counseling so (laughs) we learned now i can back things up now i got it but it has taken some time so there's definitely a learning curve and i think you just have to give yourself grace like Mm -hmm. with most things um that's one thing over this this seven months so far, me, my husband, my children, we've all learned to go with the flow a little bit, to adapt a little easier, patience, and giving each other grace. And it hasn't been perfect. You saw a couple dings on the car, it happens. Um, and it's hard, because I'm really hard on myself, so I hate being like, yes, I was driving the car when I jackknifed or when I hit a telephone pole. Um, this is real life though. And at the end of the day, nobody was hurt. The car is still drivable and we are learning, so. Well,
0: and now, after seven months, 30 different states you've seen, all the experience that your kids have, mm-hmm. they're gonna remember this for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Just like whenever we travel anywhere, we love taking the kids because they they're seeing things that most kids would never even dream to be able to see. Now, talk to us a little about, because I know you love, you love to go and do experiences like go to bush gardens or go to places but you told me that there's a wise way to actually go to these things for Mm -hmm. free talk to us about that
1: yeah so we very rarely pay to do anything um and part of it is just it's it's expensive right especially for
0: six family especially
1: for six and all of my kids are old enough now that they all like count as kids you know how sometimes you can get away where it's like kids under two Two, or three not anymore so um i've been blogging i mean i started the blog when Gosh, now I have to think how old that kiddo is. Seven years ago ish, when I started my first blog. And what things, was the name of the blog? When I first, it's totally different now.
0: Okay, so, okay, what's so, it now? What's it called? now?
1: It's Kids Out and About. That's I blog right, for them. Yes. So I started my own blog, then I started like a little blogging franchise, like I, I joined into a franchise, and then, you know, just as life and luck would have it, I connected with Kids Out and About. That was started. 18 years ago in Rochester, New York, which is where I'm from. And they are in 37 different markets with more coming this year. So I I connected up with them. I joined them as their Phoenix editor. I handle their social media marketing. And then when I had this idea, I approached her and said, do you want a travel editor? You know, they didn't have anybody doing travel. And so they were like, sure, you know, feel free to leverage the platform. So I write reviews for everything we do on that platform, even the national parks, which are free. So it's not just like, only the paid things it's even the free stuff you know things tips for other families like if you wanted to go to white sands bring your own sled they're super expensive things like that you know what i mean things i wish i knew um so we've been writing this blog so what i'll do is i'll reach out to somebody and i'll say you know hey nasa we're gonna be in florida in a couple weeks i've got six kids we've got this platform we reach this many um people every every month every year and we would love to come and do a review do you would you supply us with press passes and very often i mean it's not always a but when you know the right thing to say and you've got the right you know data the right platform to back it up they'll come back and they'll give you the passes that you want sometimes we get super lucky and get treated to a couple extra goodies you know pr stuff from the company um but it's been great so we've been able to do things like NASA, like Busch Gardens, um, Legoland Discovery Center, the Freedom Tour in Boston. Um, and these
0: I'm, are for free. Oh yeah. And you reach out, cause, because you're working for a travel company, obviously they, they're they already open. They're, it's not gonna cost them any more. They're just missing on a little bit of money. But the publicity that you're gonna get by publishing that on their site, you gave me an idea. Like, we were talking last night and I was thinking, My goodness, I need to start a travel blog because we love traveling. I just need to start it, have it there so that as I'm going, because we love documenting all that sort of stuff and pictures and all that. Uh, My wife literally, I I encourage her and I have her where she writes down our itinerary because we're not going to remember. But at the time, you can easily write down and so we could publish that as well. But then it's, I mean, I'm super frugal and so to get like, going to bush Gardens for free, I mean, that's expensive. Yes, let's, let's do and that. you'll
1: never know what other things, like I had somebody reach out to me and said, have you ever thought about using a drone? And I was like, well, I don't, like it would be kind of cool. They said, well, what if we send you a drone? Would you test it out, use it, you can keep it and then let people know what you think. So we've also gotten stuff, you know, like stuff that we can use. Um, And then one thing that we didn't even talk about yet, you know, since I've been back is I reached out to, there was one um, city, we were going to Wilmington, I reached out to an aquarium and they said, have you reached out to the visitors bureau? And that was something I hadn't even really thought of. So I reached out to the visitors bureau as a blogger with all my information and they basically said, here's a list of like 12 places that would be good for you, which ones are you interested in? So I picked like four or five and they put everything together. So when we got to Wilmington, I just walked into the visitor center, they gave me a bag full of goodies and full of the passes that we needed. And then we were able to just do all stuff while we were there so it was like one point of contact and all the stuff we wanted to do and we ended up doing the aquarium and a horse like drawn tour around the city and now i can't think the children's museum um a couple beaches and then we found like other things while we were there but it was oh and there was a railroad museum that we almost didn't do but it ended up being super cool because it was like a guinness world record longest oh, wow. like yeah model train anyhow so many great experiences and being able to to barter because that's really what it is in exchange for exposure so they give us tickets and then we give them exposure and a lot of these places you know bush gardens they're open six bodies walking through the door doesn't significantly increase any of their operational costs so it's kind of a no-brainer for a lot of people as long as you have the foundations that are going to Uh, benefit them so being able to know who your target market is like I can tell you the demographics of the people who read this blog and this newsletter and specifically that they are mostly moms and that they've got young kids so the places that we want to go those that's who they want to reach so it's been hugely beneficial for us
0: so that's helped you also get into places but at the same time also be location independent being able to drive all Mm -hmm. around so as you're going you've gone to 30 states so far are you going to go to all of them? And then at what point do you feel like it's going to be, you know what, let's go back to living in a house.
1: And that's a great question. And I don't know how on point my answer is going to be. So I want to hit all of the states. Obviously, we're never going to make it to Hawaii in the RV. But I would love to make it to all of the states um, that are you know, connected. Yes. For some reason, I just missed that word. I was like, what is that <laughs> word? Um, so we want to make it to the 48. And I'd like to go to Alaska. but I don't know if I really want to drive through Canada to get there. I feel like I might want to take a boat or something, but we'll see. So I definitely want to hit the 48. I don't know if we're going to make it in a year, which was the original plan. Mm. I've got my husband on board to flex that slightly. So like if it's going to take us like 15 or 18 months, I think we're good. Um, When it comes to what I'm calling year two, which may be after 18 months, but whatever, I think we're going to slow down, go back to our top places. And part of what we're doing is figuring out where it is that we do want to plant our roots. So at this point we could live anywhere. And we, it had been like that for three years. We were living here in Phoenix with no real roots here. A lot of my family from back home was like, are you coming, are you coming back to New York now that you're not working in Phoenix? Um, but we're done with snow. So <laughs> New York is not the option, sorry, sorry family. So <laughs> we're looking at some other areas though, We still really love Phoenix. I feel like I could live in an RV for the rest of my life, but that was part of the condition with my husband who does not want to live in an RV for the rest of his life. And since I want to stay married,
0: we will probably
1: (laughs) um, settle down at some point, but I don't know where it is.
0: What's great is you've also experienced all these different states and all the other ones you're gonna go to. You're gonna have an understanding of, you know what? I am location independent. I could live in any one of these states. I could mm-hmm. literally, if I wanted to, continue living in my trailer, buy just a plot of land and, and and live there. I could absolutely do that. But what's great is you're experiencing every single little state and every area that you might want to live, rather than some people, you know what, I'm just gonna to move to, let's say, you know, Nevada, or I'm gonna to move to this state or whatever where you're gonna move, but you haven't actually experienced it. You don't know if you're gonna like it. You might like it, fantastic, but there might be where you're like, you know what, this is not the right place. I've had uh, friends where their parents moved to a state and it was there literally there for like six months. I hate this. And they moved back. And, like, well, oh.
1: and that's, I think, why we're talk- we're thinking about doing this like longer term stay. So we also want to make sure we stay in like the worst time. So if we're going to go to North Carolina, we want to be there through hurricane season. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like we really liked Alabama, which surprised us. I feel like that was the biggest surprise because at first we were like we could just skip Alabama and be fine. But we really liked it. But if we were going to live there, we'd want to go visit. In the hardest summer
0: but you need to experience the bad times
1: but we also know that even my husband who's been anti rving we don't want to get rid of the rv we want to keep that we still want to be able to do trips we've talked about and again this is like totally dependent on us making all of this money at some point in the future look we could have a plot of land in vermont to spend the summer and the fall, because Vermont is one of our favorite states so far, just beautiful, the hills, the trees, um, but snow. So then we could have like a plot of land or a house or something down south, Mm -hmm. and you could split time. So I feel like it's it's opening our eyes to some of the other opportunities. We've stayed with, and we didn't really talk about this, I feel like we could talk like 12 episodes. I could make a whole podcast about um, RV living, but a lot of the places we stay are people's homes. So it's people who have room for RVs or land for RVs and they let you stay for free and they request some compensation for the use of their utilities. So it's a really cost-effective way we've been able to um, live, you know, as we go from place to place. And there's a lot of people who we're staying with who live in their RVs and they maybe, you know, they stay behind their business or they have just these plots of land. We stayed with a couple people who live in their RV on the property that they own with a house that they rent. <laughs> that's awesome. So it's like we stayed with somebody and I want to say it was in Knoxville and they were in the RV and we were kind of parked in front of them, but there was a house right there and they're like, oh yeah, that's our house. We rent it. The, the family is great. And they were going to be in Knox, Knoxville for a couple more weeks and then they were going south for the winter. So it's like there's so many ways that people are adapting to this lifestyle and there's such a wide range of people who are doing it. So I've met a lot of people who are like, well, my kids have special needs or, you know, there's this one reason or another why it won't work. Um, And I can't relate to all of those, obviously. But in that full-time families group, I've seen families who have kids with cancer. I've seen families who have kids with autism. I've seen families who have nine children. Like there are families of all sizes, all shapes, all colors, all whatever. And everybody makes it work in their own way. So there's so many ways to adapt it. Um, If travel is something that you're interested in and I've always been so jealous of travel bloggers because it looks like such a luxurious life and we barely even scratched on some of the breakdowns you know tire oh, right. blowouts and broken axles like there's been some some bad stories um, but all in all it's been amazing and it would not change anything for the world
0: all those experiences yeah so for us my wife and I she's always talked about let's just get an RV and travel around America I'm like oh, I don't want to do that but You know, after talking to you, after talking Uh to quite a few friends, I'm like, you know what? I could do like three or four months and just drive all the way around Mm -hmm. as as best as we can. Uh, I'm more, I'm definitely a house person, but I could see myself doing that. But what, similar to you. Um, So we'll keep our house here in Arizona. It'll be our, our winter house, you know? And so in the winter we come here, it's amazing. And Phoenix in the winter is amazing. But we might live in like um, Wyoming, Montana or whatever in the summer. We'll snowbird. So man. Yeah. So. Meg, you've given us so much great information. Now, I want to jump into the rapid-fire round. Are you ready? Oh, sure. Awesome. So <laughs> if you were to give advice to anybody who wants to get started, either RVing or being location independent, what would it be?
1: Uh, just to do it. Just make the decision. Learn everything you can learn. And understand that there's going to be hiccups. Like with everything, there's going to be speed bumps. And you'll adapt. You'll figure it out. Make sure you have a good support network. Make sure that you're... It, it, assuming if you're in a relationship that your partner is on board, um, there's but there's single parents who are doing it too, so
0: that's fantastic. So, if you were to go back and give yourself some advice, um, your younger self, you know, 20 year old self, what would it be? Could be business, life, whatever.
1: And it's funny, I just had this conversation with somebody right before you, and it, I wish that I could go back to myself when I was in college and tell myself about the RVing life because don't get me wrong, I know that may sound I have no like reason to make you want an RV I just really enjoy it um I just and I love my kids but I can't stop thinking about how cool it would have been to be like that single 20 something living in my RV traveling around and having all these experiences as as a young adult you know being able to see all this stuff and learn all this stuff on my own. Um, But at the time that was like a really like hippie thing to do and I never would have even considered it. So I wish that I could go back now. I see so many cute little RVs and I'm so jealous but my family would never fit in a cute little one. So it would be to go back and get a cute little RV.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. My wife says, (laughs) you know what we should do? We should get a tiny house. I'm like babe, we're living in a tiny house right now. It's a 1,200 square foot house. Like that's how tiny you want to get. Oh, we need a smaller one just to travel in. Like oh my goodness. Anyways, so next question: What is one tool, one app, or something that we should use that you're currently using that you really enjoy?
1: Oh, and that's hard because I'm all in RV mode. But that probably won't benefit you. So I'm gonna try to jump. I, I don't know. I think this is super basic, but I think like the number one thing I use is my Google Calendar. Um, it's hard because i'm so busy and my husband is a stay-at-home you know stay-at-home dad for lack of anything better to call him but he needs to know you know when i have phone calls i mean we're living in this mm-hmm. little box right now so when i have an interview or something like that he'll either need to take the kids or i need to go somewhere we have one car obviously other than the rv so it's that google calendar being able to share access with my husband so that we're all on the same page and it helps with communication
0: i love that that's fantastic i know in marriage communication is one of the one of the best things to help your marriage get better and better the more openly that you communicate mm-hmm. not just calendar not just I mean literally everything yeah. every bit of communication helps so much so what is one nonfiction book that you would suggest could be business life whatever
1: mm. uh, the one I just finished reading it's so hard because I and I say read audiobook is I listen to Pat Flynn's superfans did you listen to that one yet? I haven't. It's a really great book. Now, I love Pat Flynn, so I guess I should say that. But um, Superfans is about how to really build those superfans in your business. So you don't need, like, 10,000 followers. You need 1,000 super fans who will buy what you have to offer. He's got some great strategies, and it's funny, having met him many times in person, I'm like, oh yeah, he did use that on me. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you Oh yeah, but it worked.
0: Yeah, and so for me, with Pat Flynn, I was seeing everything that he was doing. I was like, man, that guy's making like $130,000 a month, $150,000 a month. If I make 1% of that, that, I mean, it's grocery money. That's, I mean, travel money. So, yeah, so that's why Pat Flynn's great. I think he's fantastic. So, Meg, you've given us so much information. Now, I know you also love helping people. You love Mm -hmm. showing people how to do this, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, learn more about you, or learn what you're doing, how can they do that? So the
1: best place to go for all things me, my website's personally branded, so it's megbrunson.com. I also have all of our travel stuff at familyroadventures.com, but it's all intermixed. Um, And then we're actually gonna have a summit in June of 2020, it's called become influential become so if you are intrigued by like the thought of all the bartering and traveling it's really going to be about stepping into your influence as a business owner so that you can make money which make or I say so you can increase your income, which may come in the form of money, but it also may come in the form of experiences, which I think for parents is almost just as important.
0: I agree. Matt, Meg, thank you so much. Fantastic. Great information. I really appreciate you being on the show.
1: Awesome. It was so much fun. I'm glad we could fit it into our trip.
0: Absolutely. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders. Well, there's, is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses, group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I wanna get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word RENTAL to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. So you can see how you can quit your job that J-O-B by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube, Or if you just go to YouTube and type in Successfully Unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So SuccessfullyUnemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube. And wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job be successfully unemployed and be your own boss all right guys this is it for today's show i will see you next week see ya